Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Down the block, Andrew Johnson. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. The other day we put up another buy or sell post about Nathan Cleary. We thought we'd chuck up one about the Penrith Pans, but we thought this one would be interesting uh, just focusing on Nathan Cleary, which I know will upset some of you out there, but is what it is. Buy or sell, Cleary wins his first Dalian medal in 2023. So most of these have been about where teams will finish. And we'll have one about the Panthers later. I think the obvious one is will they win their third Prem in a row. For me, I want to know your guys' thoughts on Nathan Cleary winning his first Dalian medal. It is wild when you consider what he's done over the last few years that he hasn't won a Dalian medal. Uh, obviously, 2020, he finished third overall there. Jack White won it with 26 Dalian points. Uh, Gutho won it with 25. Cleary won it with 24. You, re- you will remember in that one. Uh, especially the last round was a little bit controversial how it all played out. But I don't think the Jack White didn't deserve that uh, Dalian medal. But I think we can all agree that if Nath would have won that one, I think it would have been hard to push back on it, to be honest with you. But Jack White won it deservingly so. So Nath didn't get that one. Uh, 2021. Tom Dravojevic had one of the most incredible seasons we have ever seen. Uh, he won it with 35 daily endpoints. I think it was from 16 games, which was just fucking astronomical. Uh, next best was Nathan Cleary on 30 Dally M points, so he came second that year. Uh, the next best after that, and you will remember the amazing season that Cody Walker had. I think he broke the record for tri-assist in the NRL that year. Uh, he scored 26 Dally M points. So Nath beat him there by four Dally M points, beat Cody Walker that year, and obviously lost to Turbo by five points, which is a big margin, uh, especially when you consider how many games Turbo played. But I think that is the greatest individual season we will ever see. Uh, uh, fucking unbelievable stuff. Regular season anyway. Obviously didn't do too much in the finals turbo, but the regular season where the Dally M uh, points are counted. Um, yeah, incredible stuff. So I think you got to remember, and you know, obviously last year uh, he missed the start of the season. I think he, I don't think he played until round four or five. Uh, and then of course uh, in round, I think it was,
was 20. He got in trouble during that game with the uh, spear tackle that got him sent from the field after about 20 minutes. Um, what round was that? Yeah, round 20. And then, of course, he was suspended for the rest of the regular season. So just keep in mind that you lose points when you're suspended. I think you lose three to five points. Let's say three. Um, and Nathan Cleary that year played 14 games. He actually finished on 10 M points, which um, isn't a bad knock from 14 games when you consider he lost at minimum three points. So he finished on 13 points from 14 games. So going at about a point per game. Uh, so if he would have played the whole season, I think he would have been in that conversation as well. Uh, you got to remember as well from those 14 games, one of them was obviously when he got sent from the field in the 20th minute. Uh, so I don't know. Read into that yourself. But I mean, I, I do think that he is a really good chance to win uh, the Dalian medal this year has obviously been unlucky on a number of occasions. I'm going to read through some of your comments. First of all, I put a vote on my Instagram story to get your guys' opinions. And um, 72% of you are buying, 28% are selling. I thought there would be a lot more selling, to be honest with you. So I'm kind of glad to see this because I do agree with the vast majority of you. I would be buying this stock without a doubt. Am I confident he's going to win it 100%? No, I'm not. But I think he's one of the very top chances, and I'll tell you why. And I'm just going to counteract some of the arguments I hear from people as to why he won't win it. Um, not saying I'm right, but I'm just going to put my arguments forward there. So I'll read you through some of the comments, though. First one comes from Reardon14. Massive, Cleary and Panthers fan, but selling. Due to the fact he plays Origin and usually gets rested around that period. Also, the strength of the Penrith team at taking Dalian points away from him. Got a few likes on that one, which is completely fair enough. And I'll talk about that argument a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, Reardon14 is selling that one. Kobe Neely. If he wasn't rested after the Origin period, I'd buy... We don't know when he will be rested. They have got the buy in round 20, remember, guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does play. Might be rested in the last game or two. But I still think he'll play a fair whack of footy. Uh, from the great Bradley, one of the great dribblers of all time, considering TikTok, Turbo, and Hot Boy Hines stopped him winning the last three years, I'd buy that bad boy. I forgot about the TikTok as well. So if he would have played in those games, uh, you're probably having a different, completely different conversation around 2020. Uh, Jaden Dore. He should have won two of the last three, so it wouldn't be a crazy thought, but the Dalian rarely goes to the best player, so I don't think he will get it again. I think that a lot of people are very negative on the Dalian, and I understand I understand that. I know it's not absolutely perfect, but I mean, to suggest that most of the time the Dalian medal doesn't go uh, to the best player, I think that's a bit of a sook attitude, to be honest with you. Most of the time it does. There are times when it doesn't, and I, and I understand that, and I think we focus on those, but... I mean, the vast majority of the time, I think it does go to the best player. Uh, obviously, there are situations, for example, if Turbo would have played, you know, three less games than what he did in 2021, it probably would have gone to someone else and he was the best player, but he played less games of footy, etc. Injuries and stuff matter. The more games you play, the more points you can stack up. Um, I mean, it's not the perfect system, but I don't think there is a perfect system. I, I think the Daily M system can be improved. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. I'm not arguing that, but I also think that... Um, people, uh, I, I think we look at it a little bit more negative than what it actually is. But don't get me wrong, it's not perfect. But to say that the best player doesn't normally win it, uh, I think that's bullshit, to be honest with you. Uh, Mr. Schnelby, putting the house on this. Uh, Roberto says, yeah, definitely a buy. NRL and the powers to be will make sure he wins one regardless if it is deserved or not. I hate these sort of takes. I think they're absolute dog shit. Surely we're at the point where we can admit that Nathan Cleary is a good footballer, right? Like, I don't... I don't understand what this angle is that people have got. It's when when you are successful, fuck people turn on you. 
very, very quickly. It's unfortunate. Uh, the fact that the NRL wants the Panthers to win or wants Nathan Cleary to be successful, uh, I don't know. Once again, I think it's a bit of a finger-pointing culture, uh, a bit of a sook culture, to be honest with you. Uh, Ostar41 is selling the doghouse. Buy. If it wasn't for a TikTok in 2020, he'd have one. If it wasn't for Turbo having the greatest season ever in 2021, he'd have two. If it wasn't for injuries in 2022, he'd have three. He could already st- statistically be a top two halfback ever if the ball bounced his way. He's due a Dally M. Agree with most of that. I think if it wasn't for the TikTok and stuff, 2020 he probably wins. I think that if Turbo didn't have... Uh, the greatest season ever in 2021. He probably does win it, but Turbo did at the end of the day. Uh, The one about last year, I understand the argument, but you can't really run with it. I don't think he played 14 games. He was on, you know, 13 old points. He was doing well. Nico Hines finished with 38 points. So in the other games that Cleary could have played, he would have had to have wrangled in a lot of points to get to, to get James Tedesco, let alone to get uh, Nico Hines. So I'm not sure if I agree with the argument of he would have won it in 2022 if it wasn't for injuries and suspension. Uh, I can't agree with that because it would have meant that he had to win almost 20-plus M points in his la in the eight games that he missed or whatever. So I can't buy that argument, but I understand the 2020 and the 2021 Mr. Jacob Shepard, buying big time. The one thing missing from his how, but how good was he really checklist is a Dally M. After leading his nation to World Cup and losing Appy, he'll make the step up to the man who polls the majority of Penrith's points. Really good point there from Jacob Shepard. I'm going to talk about some of that stuff a little bit later. Dylan Robson says, sell because I believe either Trell or Drinkwater win it. I feel like there's too many around Cleary that might take points like Yoan Edwards. We'll talk about that soon. Uh, keep him for life. I think they've missed the point there. Rugby League well, sell only because Dally M seems to always not go to the best player. Once again, saying it always doesn't go to the best player is just bullshit that has no relevance whatsoever. A lot of the time, it does go to the best player uh, or a top two best player. Uh, I know that we focus on the negative all the time in rugby league, but just because it doesn't go to the best player occasionally because of certain events or whatever doesn't mean that it always doesn't go to the best player in reality. Uh, what have we got? Mr. Mrs. Karius, uh, sell because he'll get an injury or suspension, potentially. The Knighthood, sell. Hamish, 98, yes. And hopefully a Wally Lewis medal would love that. Uh, Gerald McNeely, 98, he won't get it anytime soon. So they are your responses. Uh, as I said, guys, the whole you know narrative that the Dallium never goes to the best player is bullshit. Uh, the Dallium system isn't perfect, don't get me wrong. Uh, but to say it never goes or it rarely goes to the best player is a load of crap, to be honest with you. Check yourself in with some reality there. Most of the time it does. Occasionally it doesn't. And that's what we focus on at the end of the day. But Nathan Cleary, as I said, 2020, 2021, I guess you could say he was unlucky. 2022, uh, I mean, you could say he was unlucky, but I don't think it fits into the same category as the other years. But I think that he has shown across those three seasons that he will be up there and he will be relevant. Um, he's a halfback. So straight away, halfbacks, they do tend to pull more points. Same as in the NFL. Uh, I was looking the other day, I don't think there's been an MVP, not a quarterback since... Uh, fucking 94 or something, or like early 2000s or something, Adrian Peterson, I think it was, running back. So, I mean, your star positions do tend to pull more points. You have a look at the last forward to win a Dalian medal was Jason Taumalolo. Uh, the year that Taumalolo won it, he won it with 24 points or something like that. Not taking anything away from Taumalolo, uh, but when you have a look at... 
I mean, other years and how it's played out, 24 points doesn't really get you close to a Dalian medal in most seasons. Once again, that is not taking anything away from Tamalolo, more so showing just how lucky it was that a forward won at that season. Uh, I think if you have a look that year, uh, he had a draw to win the Dalian medal with Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith was thereabouts. And I also think from memory, uh, Billy Slater might have been there or a Munster or someone. I think that probably the Melbourne boys stealing off each other maybe brought Cooper Cronk down a little bit. Uh, you look before that, it was essentially Gavin Miller as the last forward. So winning it as a forward is very fucking tough. You essentially have to be a spine player. Don't think a center's ever won it. Don't think a winger's ever won it. Uh, so you have to be a spine player. And being a halfback, I mean, does it really shock anyone that there's a lot of halfbacks that win the Dallium medal? I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it, realistically? Have a look over the last few winners. A lot of them are, nearly all of them, are spine players. You have a look at the leaderboard from last year. Nico Hines, halfback for his side. James Tedesco, fullback in his side. Ben Hunt, halfback. Scott Drinkwater, fullback. Dylan Edwards, fullback. Mitch Moses, halfback. DCE, halfback. You have to go all the way down to Isaiah Yo, uh, who you know, isn't in the top six there to find someone that wasn't in your spine. And you could tell me Isaiah Yeo's part of their spine as well, but not like a halfback, 5'8", fullback, et cetera, et cetera. You got your first hooker then, Harry Grant on 19 points, Cam Munster on 19 points as well. So being a halfback, whether you like it or not, it does help his his case to win this award. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. He has the most touches. He's the goal kicker. He comes up with the big plays, makes the big decisions, et cetera, et cetera. So his position helps him a lot. There's no doubt in that. You might want to say that's unfair. Fair. That's not realistically. You're a halfback when your team wins. You get all the applaudants in the world when your team loses. You're the one that wears it. We've seen that in the State of Origin Arena with Nathan Cleary, realistically. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is no Appy Coruscant. Uh He leaves. Now, Appy, he only polled five points last year, so it's not like he was stealing mass points, which I think people think he is every year. It's not like he's stealing mass points off uh, Nathan Cleary and these guys, but it is just one less guy to take points away. And what it is is that it gives it gives Nathan more control. Instead of having a star hooker there, they're going to have Mitch Kenny, Sonny Luke, uh, two you know younger, inex- more inexperienced guys. I think Sonny Luke's actually older than Nathan Cleary, to be fair. But inexperienced guys, this is Nathan Cleary's team without Apigon. I think he steps up and takes even more responsibility. So I really like it from that angle. Um, the World Cup. Now, I've spoken about this on a number of occasions on this podcast. When guys come back from World Cups, they tend to go to another level. The reason for this, uh, you get to go away and spend six to eight weeks surrounded by the best players in the game. You get to pick up little things from them, little things in their preparation, little things in the way that they play, different conversations, different mindsets of seeing things, comparing the way that they do things at the Panthers to other teams. And I would say the Panthers do most things better than other sides, but they wouldn't do everything better. There would have been certain things that he would have picked up from a DCE who's played another 10 seasons on top of Nathan Cleary. He can add to his game. Cameron Munster has played an extra couple of years. A lot of these Queensland guys, you know, talking to them about origin and whatnot. Uh, I just think Nathan would have picked up a lot from that World Cup. And when you have a look through the history of rugby league, when the great players of all time and they're young get to go on these big tours, they come back and explode. Uh, Brad Fittler, 1990, he goes away, he comes back, they win uh, the premiership the next year. He is huge for them. It really kicks his career into another gear. He's very young going on that 1990 kangaroo tour, spent a lot of time with the Emus. Andrew Johns, very similar thing. I think it was 1994. Uh, he went to his first World Cup, I think it was. He comes back and, you know, over the next few years, absolutely explodes, wins that comp in 97. 
seven. Darren Lockyer did a very similar thing. He went to uh, World Cup or an extended competition. I've got all the notes written down here somewhere. Cameron Smith did the exact same thing as well. Uh, your Cooper Cronks, your Billy Slaters, all these guys, Jonathan Thurston, they go into these camps, they come out of them, and then all of a sudden they're, they're new footballers. They've gone to a new level. So I think that's somewhere where Nico Hines can really improve on his ga- – oh, sorry, where – I was reading Nico Hines – where Nathan Cleary can really improve on his game and take it to a new level. Um, the preseason, this is huge. You think about the last couple – last year anyway, uh, Nathan Cleary missed the first few weeks of the season. He was in a sling for most of the preseason. Um, and I, I think as fans, a lot of people don't appreciate how much a preseason means. And from talking to players, you know, your preseason is all good and well um, and you're fit for round one and everything. But they sort of say that when you get to round 16, 17 onwards, sort of that after-origin period, that's when you found out if you had a good preseason or not. They, players that I've spoken to quite often talk about, they get to the back end of the season and that's when they realise, fuck, that preseason I thought was good. It's pretty average. Whereas other years, you're like, okay, I'm fitter than I ever have been right now off the back of the work that I did January, February, March. So he gets to have a full preseason out there with the Penrith Panthers. Uh, I, I'm really, really excited of Nath heading into this year. Uh, you've also got, you know, uh, Viliami Kikau's leaving. I mean, you think about how many points the Penrith Panthers were scoring down that left edge. It will change their rugby league a little bit. It might mean, once again, that maybe they go to the right edge a little bit more. You might see a little bit more of Cleary. I think he'll be more bald dominant without Api Curacao. I think you'll see him, see him play both sides of the ruck. He did it a little bit in the World Cup as well. So just more opportunities to create points there. Off the back of that, you have a look last year. Api Curacao, obviously very creative at a dummy half, as is Sonny Luke, but I just don't think he'll have the same impact as what Api did, and that's nothing against Sonny Luke. It's Api's one of the best players in this competition. Uh, but you put Mitch Kenny and Sonny Luke in there. I just think a lot of their play will be around just get the ball to Nath and Jerome, get it to them early, get it to them when they want it, get it to them clean. So I think Nath picks up... You know, probably a few more attacking stats throughout the season than what he would have if Appy was there because I think he takes more control. Uh, you also look at Jerome Luai. Really good player, Jerome Luai. I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's a perfect sort of partner for Nathan Cleary. But he doesn't put up, put up these amazing stats games. It tends to be Nath that puts up more stats than Jerome Luai. Not that that's the be-all and end-all, but quite often you get to an end of a game, you look at stats and everything. Nath's got the goal-kicking. He'll tend to have more tries. He scores more tries than Jerome Luai as well. So you're 5'8". I mean, if we're looking at the Melbourne Storm, I'm really worried about Husey getting points stolen off him from Cam Munster, same as Cam Munster with Husey. Jerome Luai doesn't want worry me as much. He's more of a role player in this team, uh, and Nath will essentially have a hand in everything. Dylan Edwards is the other one. He doesn't have a heap of ball playing. I sat on Bloke in a Bar the other day. I think in his last 30 games, uh, I can't remember what it was. I think in his last three seasons or five seasons, or like his career or something, he's had something like 28 try assists. So, Dill will run for an absolute stack of metres. He will always be impressive on that front, uh, but when it comes to putting points on the board and whatnot, obviously that heavily favours Nathan Cleary in the way that he plays. So, I think Stats-wise, a lot of the stats at the Penrith Panthers, and they will put up big stats in games, tries, tries, etc., etc. I think a lot of them will fall the way of Nathan Cleary because of the makeup of the Penrith Panthers and how other key players in that team play. Isaiah Yo is the same. Very talented player. We absolutely love Isaiah Yo. And in, in those games where the Panthers win 14-12, to 12, Isaiah Yo is probably the red-hot favorite to take home a man of the match there. But when the Panthers score, you know, 20, 24-plus points, 
you can almost guarantee that Nate's going to have two or three tries there. So they will have closer games, but still in those games, if Nate's the one that comes up with the two players that put points on the board, uh, he'll be a favourite to get man of the match there as well, or at least pick up some points. So between Edwards, Isaiah Yo and Jerome Luai, three incredibly talented players, uh, I just don't think they bring as much threat to Nathan Cleary as what other guys, for example, what a Joey Manu does to James Tedesco, what a Sam Walker does to James Tedesco. I just think that no matter how well those guys play, Nate is still going to be front and centre of that team and be there and thereabouts for points um, if those guys do get over the top of him. So uh, a few points there that I think are really important. Um, a guy like Isaiah Yo, for example. Now, remember, Nate missed the first three games of last year. He came back in round four, you will remember. Round four, Isaiah Yo, he got man of the match in that game. He also got man of the match in the three previous games. So he was on 12, po- 12 daily end points after round four and leading it. Um, and then Nathan Cleary returned. He took over this side once again. Isaiah Yo finished on 20 daily end points. So he won, He won. Um, what did he win? Four, eight. Yeah, he won 12 daily end points uh, before Nathan Cleary stepped on the park. After Nathan Cleary stepped on the park, he won eight after that. So uh, a pretty big gap there, realistically. Dylan Edwards, he did very well. 23 daily end points. He played a stack of games last year. Edwards, obviously. He gets to play during the origin period as well. But when you consider the... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You know, Dylan Edwards last year, he played 22 games. He finished on 23 daily end points. Uh, I would have probably backed Nath to beat that if he played all of his games. I'd say last year was probably a career high for Dill Edwards as well. He picked up a number of uh, two-point Dally M games when Nathan Cleary wasn't on the field. So uh, I think all these guys, as you know, and I don't have the exact numbers for Dill Edwards because it went behind voting at the end of the season, but he had a really strong finish to the season. He was fantastic at the back end. You have a look the last five weeks of his season. uh, He scored three tries. So he did really well, Dill. Like his his super coach scores on the way home were fantastic as well. So you can assume he was playing pretty good games. And when Nathan Cleary wasn't there, he would have picked up a few more points there as well. So uh, I really do think he's a fantastic shout. As we said, uh, Cleary only played 13 full games. Uh, he had X amount of points taken off him for the suspension, I think three, and he was on 10 daily M points at the end of the season. So uh, as much as it was a disappointing season for um, Nathan Cleary, as far as everything that went on, still finished on 10 points, which is still 28 points off a Nico Hines. So I think uh, he sort of had the perfect storm last year, realistically. Uh, but you have a look at, you know, uh, Nathan Cleary, 10 M points. I mean, Jerome Hughes finished on nine. Chad Townsend had an amazing season. He finished on eight. Jack Whiten finished on eight. Uh, Gutho finished on seven. Damien Cook on seven. Uh, Matt Burton finished on seven as well. So uh, I think that Nathan Cleary is in a position where he can stack up M points very, very quickly. And I personally think that he will in this season to come. 
Is that all I have to touch on? I think so, yeah. So I'm buying this one, guys. Even if he doesn't win it, I think he'll be right up there with the best of them. But I just think it's a matter of time until Nath does win the Dalian medal. And I feel like 2023 will probably be the year for all those reasons I told you. Pre-season, he's a halfback. He's losing Appy. He's going to take more control. He comes back from a World Cup with more experience and more confidence than what he's ever had in the past. And the other guys in his team, Isaiah Yo, Dylan Edwards, Jerome Luai, they are star players, superstar guys. But they still always tend to play second fiddle to Nathan Cleary because of how the Penrith Panthers play. So for this one, I'm buying it. Um, I mean, you have a look also. I had some other stats as well to share with you guys. People are like, oh, yeah, but guys steal points from them. I mean, the history of the Dahlia medal sort of ind- indicates to us that that's not as much of a threat as what we always think it is. And I understand why that's confusing. It should be a threat, but it tends not to be. Uh, what have I got here? The 2011? No, 2000. Yet, uh, what year is this? 2000. Anyway, the year that Benny Barber won it, 2012, sorry. The year that Ben Barber won the Dalian medal, he finished on 32 Dalian points. Uh, Matt Bowen was second on 26. Cooper, Cooper Cronk was third on 25 points. Now, the next three players underneath them are all from the same teams. Thurston, Josh Reynolds, Cameron Smith. So, I mean, there are a number of occasions, and you go and have a look every single time one of those big three from the Melbourne Storm won a Dalian medal. One of the other big three members was in the top three or four. So as much as it does happen and, you know, it's not ideal uh, to have guys stealing points, so you quite often you will see um, that guys will just manage to get the job done. I think it was 2011, Billy Slater, he won the Dalian medal with 29 points, which was sensational. Uh, Cooper Cronk was third on 25. So those two guys put together that many points, and Cameron Smith was in the top 10 as well. So I understand the argument they're going to steal points from each other. They're not going to be able to win it. Doesn't really happen all that much that, you know, the best player doesn't win it because they're sharing points with other guys in their club. It has an impact on them. There is no doubt about that. But I just don't think it has as much impact as what we think. And personally, I think that if the big three down at the Melbourne Storm could constantly be winning Dally M's and everything when you've got the best hooker of all time, the best fullback of all time, and one of the greatest halfbacks of all time, the best winner as far as halfbacks anyway, if they manage to do it, I think Nathan Cleary can do it with... You know, Jerome Luai, Dylan Edwards, and Isaiah, probably three guys that are still underrated to some extent. Edwards, definitely. And you all and he is still the star of the show. Whereas when Melbourne was running around, I don't know, it was hard to really pick who was the absolute star of the show between Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, and Cooper Cronk. So for me, I do think that I would be buying this stock. I'm not saying he will definitely win it, but he would be my red-hot favorite, and I am very, very confident that Nathan Cleary wins a Dahlia medal within the next two or three years. But I kind of feel like it will be 2023. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.